Welcome back to Blockstream Talk. Today we're speaking with longtime Liquid contributor and founder of Volpem Ventures, Marco Argentieri. Marco is a prolific software engineer and entrepreneur, and the guy behind a number of Liquid tools and projects, including Marina Wallet, TDEX, Fuji Money, and Liquid Taxi. In this episode, we touched on the importance of covenants, aka smart contracts, and discussed various layer two solutions like Liquid, Lightning, and Arc. We also discussed what the future holds for Bitcoin and Liquid, and how the current Bitcoin narrative of digital gold could evolve going forward. If you found the conversation useful, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Hi, Marco. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Maybe to start off with, can you give us a bit of a background? Let us know how you got into computer science and how you got into Bitcoin. Sure, sure thing. I was in high school and I was um, doing high school and working and also I already started programming in my spare time. I discovered Bitcoin mostly because it was easy for me to buy uh, video games on Steam. At uh, the time it was accepting Bitcoin and using the Russian store, I could be able to pay much, much less. So this was my intro to Bitcoin. I didn't care about uh, Bitcoin as, or you know money in general, but it was a very geek or a nerdish thing to, to do and was even helping me to, to save some money. So this has been my intro, but then I said, okay, let, wait a second. Why I'm not using PayPal? Why I'm not using any other you know fintech company at the time, you know, 10 years ago? So I said, Hmm, very, very interesting. So I said, okay, I want to work on this and let me let me explore a little bit. I started, you know, as a freelance, I was uh, tweaking Bitcoin Core for other, at the time, altcoins. And I'm talking about 2013, 14. Uh, but then, you know, like I really get into uh, the Bitcoin uh, part, monetary part. And then in 2017, uh, after working many other startup or companies around the world, I decided to uh, co-found Wolpen Ventures. And Wolpen is basically a Bitcoin company. Uh, so I'm very happy to work uh, full time on this. Oh, that's great. Since joining Bitfinex Securities, I've noticed that there's a really strong Bitcoin community in, in Italy. Of course, you know, Apollo, our, our CEO and CTO is is Italian, but there's a, there's a lot of other Italian kind of uh, on the developer side and then also on the investment side. I didn't realize that before, but it seems like Italy, especially, has a really strong Bitcoin uh, community. 100%, 100%. I think like Bitcoin Italia, which is 5,000 members, I think it's very remarkable number of Bitcoin only um, follower. Uh, so I think that's uh, that's a really great, great thing. And to be honest, I think now Austin maybe is the capital of Bitcoin, they say. Uh, but in 2016-17, Milan was the capital of Bitcoin. Every month there was a meetup. Uh, there was people like Andrew Polstra, and um, Andreas Antonopoulos coming to Milan and Peter Todd was living there for, for a while. And of course, Giacomo, Giacomo Zucco has been like the leader uh, in this and, and trying to, you know, to bring this initiative forward. So, yeah, I'm very, very happy and very surprised uh, when I go, when I travel around, uh, living around and living Italy and see how big the community is there. Yeah, that's very cool. So you touched on briefly uh, Volpa and Ventures and, and um, the projects that you guys are working on. You're working on a, a bunch of different layer two projects on Liquid and on Lightning. Can you talk a little bit uh, more in detail about what you're trying to achieve um, for with Vulpen Ventures? Sure, sure. I think like before getting into what we do, I think like the, the goal for us at the beginning was, um, okay, we, we there is Bitcoin and Bitcoin definitely, um, you know, win the saving uh, battle. Uh, maybe not, not everybody, everyone already agreed or already believe in this, but uh, we really think that Bitcoin is really the best gold out there. But we really think that commerce and finance are much, much bigger opportunity there. And we really think that we 
uh, we can use Bitcoin as a base, as a base infrastructure to reinvent and re-architect finance. And that's why we, we say, okay, you cannot do this on the first layer, right? For many reasons. So you need scalability. And that's why we are working on second layer because is the tool is the way to achieve what we think our vision uh, is. So, uh, but yeah, just going back to uh, what Vulpen uh, does is uh, more like a venture builder. So what we do, we invest engineering time, advisory, and also capital uh, lately uh, in a couple of ventures per year, two, three uh, partner per year. So we are not really like looking for, you know, uh, many, many partners, but we ju- just try to select and we work with them with a multi-year, um, you know, vision to help them to drive their Bitcoin vision. And so, again, uh, we deploy our engineering team most of the time, but also capital when, when we can. And how do you identify opportunities? Is it the, the financial layer that particularly interests you? Or what do you think are the big opportunities? Yeah, again, I think like uh, the two main pieces um, are on a side. We really believe that we need to bring back the commerce that was the early um, killer feature of Bitcoin, uh, you know, unstoppable commerce. I think that's, that's one, one thing. And of course, now, you know, you need really scalability in component to, um, you know, to achieve this vision. That's why lately we have been like looking at many other um, second layer scaling uh, solution. And the other side, I think financial derivatives, um, you know, financial contracts or derivatives are very, very interesting. And if you can remove as much as possible trust to this process and we can be the pioneer and, you know, be able to create a platform for for that, I think that will be very, very uh, interesting for us uh, to be there, to be the first uh, to build this. Can you talk a little bit about some of the specific tools and projects that you've been involved in? Maybe Marina Wallet, TDEX, Fuji. Can you give a little bit of an overview into into what those do and then what the kind of the thinking was behind them and the opportunity for those as well? Absolutely. I think we, we've been like um, starting working on Liquid very early, I think from uh, 2019-20. And we realized, you know, it was very interesting platform compared to the all other blockchain that were out there. and But we saw there was a lot of uh, tooling missing, um, a lot of uh, interesting primitives that you must need when you want to bring to production financial application. So for example, we started with Liquid Taxi, which is you know a service that allows you to pay uh, for fees on Liquid just using Tether. So imagine you are a Tether-only wallet. Well, you don't need to pay for LBTC or what people are used, maybe, you know, they call it gas fee in other blockchain. You don't need that. So you can really have a Tether-only wallet. So we built this and we've been uh, operating since uh, three years now. Um, then we also, we, we saw that it was very interesting to have a sort of browser extension wallet that will allow developers to iterate faster on their web application to not every time to build their own wallet, right? So they want, just want to have a wallet that pops up and ask you for confirmation for spending a transaction, very similar to what MetaMask is in the, let's say, Ethereum world. Uh, so Marina has been, has been there since 2020 as well. And TDEX, which is a project with our partners, and we've been contributor, open source contributor to that. And the idea of TDEX was like, okay, let's take the uh, OTC desk and uh, you know request for quote style trading and try to use Atomic Swap um, on on Liquid. And also that I've been I've been live since a couple of years, learning a lot uh, from many partner and trying to talk to many companies about that. And the latest project also, Fuji, uh, which we launched last year, is a Bitcoin-backed uh, stablecoin, which means that we use a series of covenants, what cool kids call smart contracts, on Liquid to regulate the issuance and the board 
of the stablecoin. And this stablecoin is always over collateralized, which means that, you know, uh, as long, you know, the, the amount of collateral is there, uh, there is the same supply of stablecoin circulating in the market. Uh, similar to what is MakerDAO, maybe originally in Ethereum, and as a very interesting cool property that, you know, you cannot replicate on a EVM or Ethereum style, um, you know, uh, chain. What was it that drew you to Liquid initially to start building on top of Liquid? Actually, we started looking at Lightning in 2000, imagine 2019 uh, when it was uh, ready. Uh, but we we saw that it was very hard for us to capture any valuable uh, market share in the sense that either you became the next Stripe and then you became a custodial payment processor. Uh, so then, okay, you can capture value, you can capture um, you know, uh, some profits out of uh, lining, but it was very hard for us to justify to, you know, deploy our engineering team or building things for lining in the end, because in the end it's very limited. You can only do payments. I mean, I love it. I use lining every day. I use it with Bitrefill every day uh, because, you know, I, I really uh, get the point. But as a company, we didn't show the value for us to um, to build something that we could self-fund in the first thing, because again, Ulpa Venture is self-funded, so it's not... Um, never raise any VC round. So it was very hard for us to justify. So that's we said, okay, but Liquid is very interesting because actually cater to inter-exchange um, settlement, right? That, that was the initial, let's say, promise back in the days. And we said, okay, maybe exchange are more are profitable business and they may be interesting in more R&D or more you know, sophisticated tooling. So that's why we started working on Liquid. And we really think that now, you know, it's very, has been a, a really good choice uh, so far because it allowed also us to test bed all these covenants proposal uh, that are coming out and we have been able to have a team that is at the edge compared to the rest of the ecosystem. I saw a presentation of yours online and it started off with a slide that says liquid sucks. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, what are some of the misconceptions about liquid? We touched on this last week when we had a conversation with Samson about maybe creating some uh, liquid FUD dice. What are, what are the things that you think people think about liquid but get wrong? Yeah, it's very interesting because that was a liquid uh, federation meetup, uh, actually. So and and was not meant to be public. No, no, I'm joking. I, I knew it was recorded. Well, I found it on YouTube. Yeah. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. I think like the liquid federation uh, put it online. Um, I think I mean my side. I wanted to attract attention of the of the audience and and also I think people that know and already work in the liquid ecosystem already know very well what they do and what Vulpen does. So it was very funny because he said, okay, if even you know Marco is saying liquid sucks there is an issue, you know, I wanted to attract a little bit of attention. So we're just, um, you know, a joke. Uh, but actually, if you go forward in the presentation, I said, no, I'm, I'm joking. Actually, I think it's a really great um, ecosystem. My presentation was more about trying to get a narrative because Liquid is very good for many, many things. But, you know, like if you know, most of the time, if you sell to everybody, you never sell anything, right? So you really need to a little bit of focus. You really need to get the ecosystem to be very focused on one, two, uh, use case. And that was my presentation back in, back in 2021, I guess, um, on what, on what I thought, you know, at the time was uh, necessary for, you know, liquid federation, the narrative of liquid should have been, uh, focused, uh, much more. So that was uh, the idea. And in general, my side was like, we need to focus on developer. We should make it super easy for every new developer coming from other chain to build on top of it. Because that this way you get more brain power, more ideas. And that's maybe nine out of 10 ideas are dumb and they never will reach product market fit. But, you know, the combination of this uh, creation 
uh, create momentum and definitely creates also potentially the nine, the 10 out of 10 idea that then uh, can become the killer app. And that was kind of the, the idea behind building all of these tools that can then be used by other developers on Liquid. 100%, 100%. And we saw a lot of times people coming to us, especially from our instant point, because they maybe already use our tool, open some pull requests to our open source tool. And in general, a lot of, a lot of our partner uh, came or know us through our open source uh, work and um, developer tooling. So I think it's a nice uh, way uh, to, you know, to, to basically um, uh, show and show what you can do and, and in general also uh, a way to increase the number of people you can hire, the number of people you can work with, and the new businesses came, that came born, right? Uh, from from this tooling. You mentioned Liquid Taxi. I think that was, um, speaking of Samson, I think that was part of his new Aqua Wallet. Is that correct? Exactly, exactly. So I think uh, Marina has been integrating Liquid Taxi since the beginning, of course. I mean, we try to dog food our own thing. Um, we have been deploying in a, let's say, white label scenario uh, with uh, two, cu- uh, two enterprise customer uh, back in the days. Um, and yes, I think Aqua is the commercial uh, wallet now integrating. So I think it's a, uh, has been a good call back in the days, and I'm very happy that uh, has been useful for for wallet developers. So I think recently we've been hearing a lot of people talking about different ways to stack Bitcoin. For example, doing Lightning withdrawals from the exchange, and then use something like Bolts Exchange to stack to liquid Bitcoin, um, as you mentioned in your own cool um, self custody. How do you see these sort of solutions developing in the future? I'm super super bullish about this use case, and I've been one of you know really pushing this use case to friends and and partner around because I think like in the end what we saw uh, is Lightning became the sort of sort of lingua franca, you know like it's is the connecting tissue between you know like exchange custodian small wallets, which is very easy, right? So you don't need to join a federation, you just need to open a channel, which is this is much better than, for example, joining the Liquid Federation in terms of process, because it's really almost open, right? And everybody with some Bitcoin liquidity can do it. And I really think that Lightning is great when you do server to server payments, right? So when you go, from example, from Bitfinex, you, you do a Lightning payment directly to another server, which in this case is Bolts, that, you know, does a trustless Atomic Swap. So you can really receive... Uh, from an exchange without having a lightning node, but use lightning as a as a rail uh, to do this, and it's very 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 interesting because you can really increase um, the various, uh, let's say, custodian or sidechain or federation that they're popping up. So I think that's uh, that's super valuable, and I really see this is a becoming a standard. What about layer one scaling conversations and and some talk that's around that? What do you think about covenants? And do you think what do you think have been the more interesting conversations and, and proposals that have come up recently? I may be biased uh, on on this side. Uh, we have been uh, very close to Burak, and we have been uh, giving a grant uh, grant last year um, uh, to Burak to keep building on Arc. And I think Arc is very interesting because as a different scaling approach uh, to Lightning, and is very, very more close to what we believe back in the day. So I think we, it's great to have a digital gold narrative, but at the same time, we really believe that we should go back to a more commerce, uh, unstoppable commerce kind of narrative. And I think ARC has the, pro, has the possibility to do that because you, you don't only scale payments, but you scale Bitcoin transaction in general. So you can do escrow. And back in the days, everybody was using Bitcoin escrow and was one of the killer application, right? So I can trade with anybody. I can do e-commerce without trusting nobody. I, I just have, you know, an escrow that allows me to uh, to do any type of exchange in real life. But, you know, this doesn't scale. And 
you know, when Bitcoin started becoming, you know, more used, it was evident that we, this was not possible to do on chain. And I think like second layer proposal that not only solve the payments issue, but solve in general, any type of Bitcoin transaction, well, those are very interesting for us and we really want to uh, be, be part of it and try to, to drive this uh, forward. What do you mean by sharing UTXOs and how do covenants make that possible? Sure. I think sharing UTXO is possible already uh, with Bitcoin. You can imagine you just create a lot of, a lot of cosigner in a very big multisig. This sounds you know, very, very easy, but actually this means that you must be a server. Right, people, you know, use mobile phone. They go, you know, uh, offline for a bit, and they will lose the possibility to keep creating the new state. Right, because imagine that when you share a UTXO, it means that you have one UTXO on chain, but actually there are many slices that you know uh, that are owned by different people. And how you make sure that everyone can, you know, uh, send this share to someone else, or get out of that share, or enter. So. You can do that that already with Bitcoin, but again, you need to be online. You need to every minutes potentially sign, which is very improbable and unlikely. Um, instead, covenants allow you to do this in a more, let's say, non-interactive fashion, which means again, uh, I don't need to be online. I can just send some transaction and sending a transaction to an address. The address already has encoded all the future execution, um, let's say, logic to be already in that address. And these allow to do offline protocols or in general to do protocols that are easy to, to build or to run on a mobile phone or a browser, which is what, what most of people, normal people use, right? Nobody is a system, Linux system administrator, and it's very hard for that. So you think initially, you think eventually the narrative will come back to peer-to-peer -peer digital cash? We've kind of went from peer-to-peer -peer digital cash to... Um, um, digital gold, and then maybe we come back in the end? I hope so, in the sense that this is my personal um, um, vision. I think, like, in the end, like, it's very, very valuable to have a, a better, a better uh, digital cash. Uh, this is very, very useful. For sure, you can use potentially liquid, you can use uh, maybe federation, but the, fact, the market basically spoke already and, you know, is using other, other chain at the moment uh, to solve this commerce issue. And I think this is uh, a this is a problem because I really think that we uh, was very, very, uh, you know, was already a killer feature. So I'm not saying it was something never been possible, but was possible when there was scale, right? When there was throughput and you can use the chain to do that. And it was very easy. You just get an address, you send this uh, Bitcoin transaction, boom, this is amazing. This has been like the best user experience you can have for, you know, open, borderless and, you know, international payments uh, you can have. So I think it's just a matter of scaling and new proposal regarding covenants uh, attack this point as well, right? So they don't uh, keep it out of the, of the discourse. So I think it's very, it's very exciting for me. A new, a new wave coming back to Bitcoin. Do you think it's scaling? I guess it's scaling, but it's also, you know, as Bitcoin gets bigger and then the volatility starts to decrease, maybe that's a, a kind of a natural evolution that happens. And then people go back and use it for remittance more. I remember when I first got into Bitcoin, there was a lot of talk about using Bitcoin for remittance markets, right? There was, you know, to, to the Philippines and countries like this. And after Tether came onto the scene because it had lower volatility, it, it kind of took over that market. So do you think eventually Bitcoin gets to a point where the volatility decreases and then it will just naturally absorb that market or reabsorb that market, I should say? I think it's very interesting uh, because back in the days, uh, remittances was one of the main use cases. And I think like when you basically have at the edges, 
some someone that is exchanging for you cash for Bitcoin, Bitcoin uh, for cash in the local currency. That is not uh, a big deal, the volatility even now. But even in the future, if the let's say volatility will will try to trend to an equilibrium, it will never get to be, I think, stable because stability is an artificial construct. Only human central banks uh, can do that. So my take actually is like, sure, Tether will be still and will always be uh, one of the solution. But at the same time, I foresee using covenants to create some sort of more index, synthetic index. So maybe you have a basket or maybe fiat coins, uh, fiat uh, stable coin like Tether, or maybe other um, other asset that you're tracking real world value, maybe with oracles, things like that. Very similar to what I think we were experimenting with Fuji at the beginning of the year. I think that will be the natural scenario. So you have some something else, some IOU with different degree or you know or, or trust and many trade-offs, and potentially with covenants you can even do it in a trustless way. So yeah, very excited to see how how, how to fix this. But yes, for now Tether is definitely the the king on this and is solving real problem because when you go to Turkey or when I go to Dubai or, you know, uh, you really see people, you see bazaar around Istanbul, like with uh, exchanging Tether uh, for, you know, for Turkish Lira. So I think that's that has been a real use case in real life. Yeah, I sometimes think people in North America, maybe kind of the West in general, don't appreciate how widely um, Tether is used in the rest of the world. I, I'm based in Asia, of course, and, and Tether is just very dominant here and used all over the place. No, absolutely. One of the things that's kind of characterized the last six or 12 months has, an, has been an uptick in transaction fees. How do you think that's influenced um, the other Bitcoin layers over the last six or 12 months? I don't think like directly influence especially um liquid uh, i didn't in, this is my my take I, I don't think it didn't influence right away but i think like the fact that people recognize that on an IG fee scenario lining as some issue especially in a self-custodial way this brought you know let's say the bitcoiners so people that were very very fond in lining because we always see things inside our bubble but from outside people don't even knew that was lining you know people outside bitcoin so i think these people our people bitcoiners said okay lining is not the panacea you know it's not like the one one solution for everything so they started looking more into liquid so i think more a lot of people coming from let's say not even touching liquid because i don't see the the problem i don't see the um the solution that is solving me because when fees were very low of course there is was no need no reason uh, to you know to look to sidechains or to federation but now people started recognizing that this was like necessary and yeah so i think this is this has been the main trend uh, so far Okay. We've seen an uptick in, um, in, in, in liquid network capacity in the last couple of months as well. Do you think it's those fees that are pushing that up or do you think it's just broader kind of general adoption of liquid? Yeah, I think for sure a lot of lining node, router, um, routing nodes um, and operators, they, they, have, they have a choice now either to pay 10x to their 10x, you know, the fees compared to their competitors that maybe are using a custodial a liquidity provider or liquid, which is, uh, let's say, a federated, you know, is a, is a, is not really non-custodial, like, right? But at the same time, uh, it's much better than using a custodian that is basically doing for you the liquidity, the solving the inbound liquidity. So I think all these businesses that are already running big routing nodes, they understood that liquid can be a nice way to rebalance the channel. And I think that has been the main use case I saw so far. And Bolts has been a great driver uh, for this use case because they have been already very big in the lightning node, um, you know, r- router operator community. And so I think this for sure has been one of the use case 
Um, so I think, yes, this has been the main driver uh, so far. Another kind of um, misunderstanding I wanted to touch on about liquid too is what, what, what do you think? People often confuse um, or there's misunderstandings around elements and liquid. How, can you explain the difference between the two and provide a little color on that? Sure, absolutely. I think elements is really just a software. It is an open source software anybody can use. Anybody can use it to create a Bitcoin-like network with more capabilities. Uh, be it asset, be it covenants, be it, you know, uh, confidential transaction. Then Liquid is the first production f- network that is using elements. So I think like it's more easy to understand elements is like Bitcoin Core. It's just a piece of software. And then Liquid is actually the name of the network, which is a federation with more 100 members and Bullpen is part of it. Um, but anybody can really spin up his own federation. Even recently, last year, Blockstream even released open source the functionary code, which is the code that is needed to, to run your own block producer in an elements uh, blockchain. So I think now really anybody can take it and, and do the, their own network if they wish. Great. And another topic I wanted to cover with you are Bitcoin atomic swaps. I understand that you have a new um, project out called Volpen Banco. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's been, um, as I said before, we have been very, uh, I mean, our company, we always try to do a lot of research and development on many, on many things. And again, covenants are very cool and very hot topic. And we started with the idea to, to see what we could do with CTV because I've been pioneering and very expert with covenants and liquid last, uh, in the last two years. But on, on liquid, you really have like very full recursive covenants. So you have very, lot of capabilities. And CTV is a very, let's say, streamlined and very little covenant um, um, proposal in the sense that what you can do is very is much more limited than what you can do on Liquid already. And so we said, okay, uh, again, I really need to take to you know put my hands on something. So with the team, we decided to start researching what we can do with CTV. And I think like for now on Bitcoin, the main, the main driver, I will not say the main driver, but um, the community is very interesting in privacy, and we said, okay, CoinJoin, the user experience of CoinJoin or PayJoin or you know, in general, privacy-preserving uh, techniques are very clunky to use. You need to download a specific wallet. You need to use that specific uh, wallet provider. I don't know, like it's very custom, and I think this limits the adoption, right? So people should be able to use their own exchange if they wish, or their own Bitcoin wallet. They don't need to have a purpose-only, you know purpose, you know, uh, purpose, you know, like a specific wallet uh, to uh, to do this and should be super easy just sending it to an address. And I think covenants help with this. Covenants allow you to encode this logic that you that you want in an address. And then you can print this address, you know, on a screen, on a phone, and everybody sending to that address then will trigger some sort of execution. And we started seeing what we can use CTV for doing this to make it super easy you know, coin join or pay join, but actually CTV was not uh, good enough, not practical enough. And so we said, okay, let's go back to our, you know, what we know. And we said, okay, let's build it on, on using elements, um, opcodes, which allow you to do recursive covenants. And we realized that doing this was not only a privacy preserving uh, tool, uh, but was especially much better uh, trading protocol as well. So you can swap not only Bitcoin for Bitcoin, but you can swap Bitcoin for Tether or Bitcoin for FujiWSD, right? And vice versa. 
and I've been working with TDEX and any other and other atomic swap in the last two years. I really recognize how a little change just doing Covenant protocol will improve a lot the user experience and the cost of operating, for example, a trading desk on top of this atomic swap. So we really believe that on a side is a good testbed to see, hey guys, if we have recursive Covenant, if you have elements introspection of code on Bitcoin, we can do a much better privacy preserving uh, tool here. Or right now we can deploy it on Liquid and do a much better, a much better trading protocol that allow everybody to just scan a QR code. So you don't need a special wallet, right? You don't need TDEX, you don't need SizeWap, you don't need you know a specific wallet that support that protocol and talk in the back with a server, things like that, like like it works right now. But you simply send a tether to an address and then you will receive Bitcoin. Simple as that. What, what do you think is when you meet young developers or people that are interested in Bitcoin or new to Liquid Network, what do you recommend to them as a place to start? First of all, becoming a software engineer is hard by, by itself. Starting, especially in the Bitcoin space, it can be even double harder. So I think in general, what, what we see when, when especially we hire new engineers in our team, uh, we try to hire people that potentially are already senior software engineer and they want to learn and they're very interesting to change, let's say, career or change field. Or we are, let's say, junior mid developer, but they already are in the software engineering. So I think that's first step is very important. Otherwise, it will be a little bit hard. Uh, that being said, you, you, you should not only be a software developer, you can just be, for example, an architect or a protocol designer. And maybe that doesn't really... You know, it's not really important to have previous experience as a software engineer. Um, but yeah, like what I recommend really, I think like, yeah, Bitcoin itself is very interesting to start playing with. And Liquid is the most similar thing you can get in terms of, let's say, um, other places where you can do more things, right? Because a lot of lot of uh, times you start with Bitcoin, you say, okay, cool. I can send and receive my savings and then they switch to Ethereum or to any other chain because you know as a software developer you want to build things and and you feel that bitcoin is not expressive enough for you so i think like before just dropping bitcoin and go to other chain maybe try looking on, on liquid as well because you can really do anything you can do but for example ethereum and maybe even much better uh, again i think it's just a tooling uh, mismatch and also a little bit of marketing compared to other chain you know they have heavy pockets a little bit just a little <laughs> bit <laughs> Yes, exactly. Do you have those conversations with people um, doing smart contracts and other protocols? And, and how do those conversations typically... I think I think the narrative is that there's a wide divide between people who use Ethereum, for example, and people who use Bitcoin or Liquid. And I've actually found that when I... You know, when when I introduce Liquid to people, people who have built things on Ethereum, they're often curious. They a lot of them didn't actually even know that Liquid exists or that you can do these things on Liquid. And once they dig into it, they're actually kind of curious and interested. Um, so I, I find that maybe that divide is not as big or as deep as I previously thought. What, what do you think about that? And have you had those kind of experiences as well? No, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think like it's very for us, it's much easier to get someone that already has some let's say, Ethereum exposure in terms of as a software engineer, because, of course, a lot of con um, concepts, a lot of um, way of thinking are already uh, explained, uh, let's say, especially when we want to work on a, some covenants or some covenant protocol on Liquid. Um, but yeah, like, it's very common. It's very common. You see developers that start right away with Ethereum. I think, like, especially in the Bay Area, there is a lot of community, a lot of push in, in having this developer and bright software engineer to work 
and start working on Ethereum, not even touching Bitcoin. So I think, yes, we need a lot of, let's say, narrative push in trying to to tell to people, okay, Bitcoin is not only boomer money. You know, like I always hear this this word, like it's not only boomer money. I, I mean, yes, maybe, you know, now you can do limited things and scalability is an issue. But I think having these people, you know, trying to reason about Bitcoin UTXO model is very, is very useful. So, yes. All right. Well, you're, you're involved in a lot of different things in Bitcoin and, and Liquid and, and Lightning. What gets you most excited about um, kind of Bitcoin generally in the next six months or 12 months? Again, I think ARK uh, is very, it's very interesting because it's bringing back this digital cash uh, narrative finally. And again, it's not only for payments. You can scale uh, almost any type of transaction, Bitcoin type transaction type. So, yes, I'm really looking forward to see how ARK, um, you know, uh, evolves and Ideally, you know, what will be the initial uh, production use case this year? And yeah, I'm super pumped uh, about this. That's great. Well, appreciate your time today, Marco. Yes, likewise. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you.